everybody. Welcome to Truth Prevails. <laughs> I'm like, who are you? <laughs> I'm supposed to be a cheering audience. <laughs> like, low class. Uh, so what's your name? <laughs> you don't know me by now? I'm just kidding. Um, Anastasia. Yay! Yay! And I'm Amanda, so, uh, yes, welcome back. And today, yeah, today is going to be a, a good one. And as we always say, we, we might ruffle some feathers sometimes, but we sincerely come from love. And we always pray and ask the Lord to give us grace on our lips. Because a lot of these topics can be touchy. But we sincerely believe that God has something to say to them. Um, or at least something to say through it. So today's topic is... Anastasia? Fear. Fearful fear. <laughs> the way that you say it yes the topic is fear and as much as we have said it with probably every other podcast and even probably beyond this podcast is I believe one hour or even 45 minutes or however long we're on here is never enough to cover a topic so let's just always keep that in mind that it's never completely exhaustive and there's mm -hmm. things that could be added and said and I believe God always has so much to say about everything so the topic of fear we can go in many directions but simply Lord lead and have your way I think the way that I want to start with this is Fear can take many forms, but in looking at it as a concept or the idea of an emotion that a lot of us can grapple with, I also believe that it's something that we have, we have not done a really great job in giving it over to God. That we allow fear to dictate a lot of the things that we do and that we say. And from what I have perceived and from what I have heard from other, a lot of other people, is that fear is usually masked under anger there's usually a lot of anger that covers it because for some reason anger can kind of hide it really well. And I think because fear can have us in a way of sensing some sort of a paralyzation or we're in a way of we're kind of strangled or we're just, we're stuck. 
that it brings out that anger because we're frustrated. We're frustrated with it. And it's not necessarily that we want to keep grappling with it or we want to keep having it, having to deal with it. But it's something that we haven't thoroughly given over to the Lord or at least stand on his word to combat those feelings or that grand emotion of fear. And what really um, sticks out to me of what needs to be said is that we should not allow fear to dictate our lives. Because in the grand scheme of things, in the big picture, in our walks with the Lord, most importantly, and what he has for us to do, that is one way that the enemy of our souls, that's the devil, for all of you that may not know that we have an enemy, he comes at that, he attacks that, he utilizes that in any way, shape, or form that he possibly can to keep us where we're at. When it comes to fear, I strongly believe that it can keep you from doing what you are intended to do and make you do things that you should not do. Mm -hmm. Okay, I hope we got that. Because <laughs> I'm like repeating it to myself too. I was like, I hope we got that. I hope we got that. Yeah. Fear can keep you from doing things you should do and make you do things that you shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have Nastasia jump in here. And what I'm going to ask her to describe is a scenario where she experienced the emotion of fear and what that experience felt like, because maybe some of us go through it differently or we, you know, or we may describe it differently, but I think she'll describe it in one sense and then I will describe it in another way, or maybe we might have some similar descriptions, but regardless fear is fear and there could be physical, spiritual, mental aspects to it, but understand that fear is not of God. But then we're going to go into a little bit of like the reverence of God, because I know that there's probably questions on that is like, aren't we supposed to fear God? Yes. Okay. But that's, it's a, mm -hmm. it's a different way of looking at it. I think, we have to have concrete definitions for certain things. Um, but Nastasia, can you please share a time where you experienced fear? Yeah. Um, yeah, one thing I want to say too is like, for sure, there's different kinds of fear. Like there's, I guess you could call it instinctive fear. Like, hey, it's 
pitch black and there's a dark alley and um, a suspicious figure just standing and staring at you from the middle of the alley, chances are you're going to be frightened and you won't go down that alley because you can sense that it's dangerous. Um, But then there's also the fear such as reverence of God. And then there's also the fear that, like Amanda mentioned, it can keep you from doing something you should do because you're too afraid to move in that, or it'll make you do something you would have never thought you would do because it just grabs a hold of you. And, you know, kind of, if you go based off of your emotions, fear is a really powerful emotion. And that's why we need to surrender and take our thoughts captive to God. And, um, I trying to decide which way I want to go about describing my experience with fear because for I have one experience that I'm not entirely sure if it pertains to fear it definitely has some thing to do with anxiousness and um, probably bits of fear and just also like different thoughts wanting to come in Um, and that there's also things I've experienced recently um, pertaining to control and that I fear not having it. And I'm learning more about that. And even just it popping into my head a moment ago, suddenly it's like this anxiousness wants to build up in my heart and just swell until it's bigger and bigger and, um, and having to learn to just take that captive to the obedience of Christ. Um, so, um, Amanda, do you, you remember that, um, way I described it once when all these different thoughts were coming in and it was kind of like swelling up and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, do you believe that would pertain to this? In a way? Yeah, of course. All right. So. Um, I had a moment where I, I was in prayer and I'm trying to, you know, learn discernment and, um, I want to walk in God's will. And there was an instance where I was faced with having to make a decision that I knew probably wouldn't please the other person who was involved. And I basically concluded like, all right, um, Lord, give me what I'm supposed to say then. And so I typed out the text message and I sent it out and I got a response back and it was just a very short, okay, with like a period. And it was just unlike the person, how they would normally message. And so I could tell that they were upset. And I remember like, all these different thoughts and worries trying to swarm in you hurt them or try to take it back or try to say something to mend it and it was like no I can't it'll belittle the decision or um oh they must think this or this or that or I don't know but all at once it was like one after another after another and it felt as though I was seated up on the floor and it felt as though water was rising higher and higher and going just above my neck and I was literally swelling like arching backwards as I felt this just building on me 
And all I could manage to say was, Lord, enable me to take my thoughts captive. And it came out with like a whisper because it was all I could say with everything swarming. And then all of a sudden, I was able to sit forward again. And I realized my mind had calmed and that he had done just that. God had enabled me to take those thoughts captive to him and I was calm again. And, um, but just that feeling of waters rising and getting to a point of drowning you is, um, just an experience with just a bit of that fear, I guess you could say, um, yeah, and I can probably go into more things later as well. But Amanda, did you want to share your experience? Yeah, actually, I do. Um, so for me, it's, I think I've dealt with different types of fear, but the one I'm going to express is the one that it seems to correlate with like anxious and panic and or anxiety and panic and I think you kind of you kind of express slightly that as well but it's the sense of um you can just be sitting there and not really thinking much not really doing that much or um and then all of a sudden it's just either some thought from the past or even a recent thought or something pops into your head and immediately you just have this sense of, oh my goodness, I, I need to get out of here. Like, I just need to, I just need to leave. I just need to, you know, it's, I need to get out of this situation. It's just like this fear, this overwhelming fear that whatever that thought was is going to come true or is going to happen. And Something I have learned in the time of walking with the Lord is that we, if we dwell on those thoughts, if we continuously dwell on them, they just get bigger. They just get bigger. And that's why it's important what Nastasia said is to take those thoughts captive. And what I have noticed is that if you are not truly believing in that shield of faith, that we have been given in the armor of God, you are going to believe the lies that come in. And the enemy sees that. And he knows your reactions. And he will play on those things. He will. So it's it's not as to, let me just simply tell you, like, it's a piece of cake. Okay, you know, this thought comes in, you start to fear, just calm yourself down, knock it off. No, it doesn't work that way. And honestly, we have no capacity of doing those things. We have, we, we just don't. And we think that if we can just distract ourselves, or we can just immediately go and, okay, let me just stop thinking about that now and just tell ourselves that that's not going to work either. <laughs> and I'm telling you this, and I'm sure Anastasia can attest to this. And I've, I've had these conversations with a few other people or several other people where they're just like my own bidding, my own strength. Uh, -uh It's not cutting it. It's not. And this is why I strongly believe we've been given the armor of God and the, the specific pieces that we have 
and that we have to walk by faith and knowing that we are suited up every day to engage in these types of battles. So when that fear comes in, what I have recognized is that it's almost like the sense of something has jumped on my back and has put their hands around my throat. And now I feel like I can't breathe. So I need to run away to escape. Like that's usually the feeling, like the, the physical feeling that I get. It's just like the fear is like overwhelming. And then the mind wants to run rampant with different thoughts of, oh my gosh, I feel like I can't breathe. I feel, and it's like a, technically people would be like, hey, that's a panic attack. Well, you may think so, but I'm not trying to put a worldly type of definition to this. I'm trying to put the spiritual aspect to this, such as a thought came in of what there is in your heart and the emotion that comes from that thought is fear and the action to that emotion is to run away from it, is to get away from it. And that's what I'm trying to explain in this. Not in the sense of let's slap a label on it and say, hey, it's a panic attack or hey, it's a it's an anxiety battle or, you know, that's not necessarily what I'm trying to put on this, but I want to make it clear that a lot of the things that we go through has a spiritual aspect to it and it deals with matters in the heart. So I know some people like to say that it says do not fear in the Bible 365 times. That is not correct. <laughs> I was like, it doesn't, unfortunately. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for any of those that have thought that. Um, I truly am. But no, it, it's not. It's not true. And then in the way that he talks about fear, you know, the Lord or the, the disciples talk about fear. It's they have different different perspectives to them. So we can't simply just run and say like, hey, do not fear because that's just, it's just a flat label that we're putting it into. This is how we're not supposed to be. We're not supposed to fear and all that. I believe that there is the fear that is referring to being cautious about certain things, a fear of being reverent, um, a fear of not speaking truth. There's those different types and there's more to that as well, as well as just not being fearful if you are being ambushed as well. But um, when I speak about my experiences with fear, just like how I depicted it and said, like, this is what it feels like, that is generally how it usually happens for me. And then easily is my response wasn't this before but now it is where I'm just like what have you given me to hold on to Lord in this you have given me the shield of faith the shield of faith and the sword that is the word of God and you have said in your word that I am not to fear even though 10,000 may come and ambush me you have told me to not fear in whatever it is that is coming into my head that I need to take this captive 
and I need to give it over to you. And then I'll have a scripture in mind, or I believe the Holy Spirit brings to remembrance a scripture for that particular thing that will combat that lie. So I believe a matter of those fears that we deal with is basically a lie that can come in something that is being dealt with in our heart or is within our hearts can come and can produce a thought. And that's what brings the emotion of that fear. So it's not, it's not a cakewalk. I'm not saying that. And it's not something to just be like, yeah, sure. I could just brush off this fear when it comes. No, some fears are destructive. They destroy a person's life. And in the process, it destroys the lives of those that are around them. So that's that, That's my way that I see it is the fears that I deal with. And granted, I know God can deliver us from all those fears. He certainly can. But the fact of the matter is, is that we must endure and go through them and learn what the Lord has taught us to do when these fears come in because otherwise we start depending on our own strength and we start believing that we have the capacity when we absolutely do not we cannot fight these battles that come along with fear in a fleshly nature we can't it's impossible because it has that spiritual aspect to it it has the deep-rooted issue of sin in our hearts. That's where a lot of things come in. We like to stash away things into our hearts, and our hearts are truly reflective in the way that we act and we speak. So, and it's not to diminish that some people are really going through some horrific battles with fear. But even Mastasia can attest to this with a few that I have, few things that I have said to her. To go through a season of several months of just being like toyed with or just being in fear over and over and over and over again and really having no concept of when it's going to end, not even having any idea of how, why, really even knowing any of that, but simply to just speak Jesus and seeing the reprieve that comes from that and understanding and through it all, seeing how the Lord sustains and that truly when you find that fear such as reverence towards the Lord and serving him, and honoring him and giving him all the glory and seeking after him in his word, that you are coming out, completely out of that fear, but only by his grace and by his mercy. There's just no other way that I can even identify or believe that any of us out there can be delivered and yeah, be fully delivered from our fears. So 
I would like Nastasia to kind of speak a little bit on one type of fear and just basically give a little bit more and maybe a little bit of a story that you can remember or you can recall over how that type of fear played a role in your life. I like, I start to think of like the main thing that I'm grappling with and then something else like pops up and I'm like, hey, there's that too. But um, <laughs> so, um, does this, does this qualify as a random fact about me? Maybe. So look at that. It's our first organic one. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) All right. I guess we can insert the brand new jingle here. Okay. Cool. Little random facts about Nastasia. Um, I don't like driving. I, I, I don't. And I, and I guess it's because learning to drive, it's like, I'm betting everybody's life. Like, bet that I can drive well enough to not kill anybody. Like, that, I don't know. Like, it just, <laughs> it just seems really risky. I know, I know. Um, mind you, I'm 21. I have my license, but I act like I don't. Um... <laughs> yeah sorry you know that's okay that's okay maybe we can lighten this up um but yeah so that's the random aspect I guess you could say but to bring it back it's just I do have this anxiety that comes up when it comes to driving this fear of messing up or of never learning like fully and always having to feel anxious every time I drive and um I remember there was even a point where my mom asked me to get something out of her car and I grabbed her keys to go do that for her. And as I was walking out, I looked at myself in the mirror holding the keys and I was like, huh, wouldn't that be, isn't that going to be interesting when this is like a regular thing, you grab your keys and you go. And the idea of driving more frequently, just that ridiculous thought made me start to all of a sudden feel anxious. I'm not even going to drive right now. I'm going to get something out of the car, but just that idea of the future term, I started to feel that anxiousness and that fear want to come up. Um, And it was kind of just having to be like, no, like, don't go down this, you know, this is ridiculous and everything. Um, and, And what's interesting is that In the beginning, before this trial that's been really weeding out a lot of things, um, before that really took off, I was still very anxious about driving. Um, But coming to know God, when I would go to drive, it became a little easier because I would just pray before it every time. And then it was basically, all right, Lord, I trust you. All right, God, (laughs) take the wheel. Anyways, but, um, and... So more recently with dealing with trust and um, fear and different things like that, it's having to now come back into that practice. Um, but it, what's interesting is the more that I give into that, the more that I think about the fear, what if I never learn? What if it's always super 
risky and super dangerous. I mean, I suppose there'll always be some risk to it, but like, I'll always feel so unprepared. And even though I know that's not true, because the more you practice in theory, the better you should get, but it still, the more that I think on it and dwell in that, the harder it is for me to get behind the wheel and trust God in it because I'm so accustomed to just thinking about fearing it. And, and so having to learn to go and pray before it again, um, and just lift it up to God and learn to trust him. And no matter what, cause even if something, you know, happens, it's like, you trust God in that. But anyways, that's probably another topic too, but, um, yeah. And then of course there's like another way of fear too, that I'm learning about myself as well, that I like, I think I mentioned a little bit, I fear not having control. I fear to have to be surrendered. And what's interesting is that I've been praying, asking God that he would enable me to be able to be surrendered to him, that I would live my life for him and not for myself. And here we go. Now the trial is becoming about surrender. And it's hard to learn because um, I'm learning that rather than feeling set free, that I can't earn my salvation. Instead, I feel helpless and afraid because then I feel if there's nothing I can do, there's no way to confirm it or some weird twisted lie. And and having to learn to live trusting God, surrender to him rather than trying to do things in my own control because I'm too afraid to surrender to him. And... Um, you know, and so I guess I want to be a little careful that I don't go too far down any other rabbit hole. That's not exactly pertaining to fear, but, um, one thing I want to say is because of this trial that I'm in, it's just really reaffirming that I, I can't do things in my own strength. And, um, and it's, and it's difficult because I want to be able to because I guess that's what I'm used to attempting. And so that example of when I took thoughts captive, I think it's a wonderful example in the sense that all I did was cry out to God. And even that I could hardly do. It was a whisper. And yet it's immediately he helped me. Um, he gave me that capacity and it was completely in his strength. And so fear is a very overwhelming thing. Fear can make you feel like Amanda described, like you're being strangled and there's this heavy weight and, um, it can be difficult to come out from because oftentimes we're so afraid to let go that we hang on to fear, (laughs) Oddly enough, I guess. I don't know if I'm making it very clear, but um, to let go and surrender it to God for his strength, I just, I believe that is key. Um, Yeah, because 
there's a lot of different ways like I've kind of touched on that I can fear and but all of them end up going right back to taking it captive and surrendering it to God um, and this is coming from an overthinker so usually that's kind of tough for me because <laughs> I'm like um I know you have this God. I know I can't plan everything, but let me just try to think about what this might cause and what that might cause and then what that might cause. And oh no, now it's a split roads. And what about this scenario? What about that scenario? And while it's wise to give consideration to your steps, it also says that we need to acknowledge God and he'll make our path straight. So it's like, I, I go too far with it at times, but anyways, um, I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of different struggles and fear can get caught up in a lot of those. Um, and that's just really what I believe is key is even though that might be something scary, surrender it to God, be surrendered to him because we try so hard to do things our way because we feel that's safer, but oftentimes we end up getting hurt because of it and then we want to blame God for it and the thing is is when you walk in God's will no matter what happens the closer you are to him and following him it's I don't want to say it's easy but there's a comfort or a peace or God's covering it <laughs> I don't know I'm still learning so much of this myself too so but yeah um all right, at this rate, I might end up going in circles because I have a tendency to do that. So <laughs> I'll lay it here. Um, yeah. Well, that's, no, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it when you, you're so transparent, Nastasia, and I'm, I'm sure that I'm not the only one that appreciates that because it's almost we want to identify with everybody else and what they may be going through because people are not going through it alone. They're not. But it's almost as though as, the way we see it is, yes, we're going through these things, but guess what? There is a solution to it. Like there is a result to it. Mm -hmm. There is, and it's only found in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And that, that's like ultimately what we're, we're really trying to convey to those that listen is that it may seem as though you're suffering and it's not ending, but trust that the suffering has a purpose. And if fear is in that, and as God is working that out in you, as you learn to surrender to him and you give it over to him and you basically renew your mind with the truth of him saying not to fear in using scripture, it's, you're solid. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're good. You know, it's like, you're, you're going to get there. Because the spirit will overcome the flesh. The spirit will overcome. God has already overcome the world. He's mm -hmm. already overcome it all. Which actually, uh, I have the scripture and I wanted to open my Bible because I was like, I don't want to keep butchering scriptures because I feel like I sometimes give a, a slight bit of it or maybe kind of reword it. And I'm not, definitely not trying to add or remove anything from the word. <laughs> I right. just, sometimes it just doesn't come out clearly. I feel like I think it more clearly than when it comes out of my mouth. I don't know if uh, I do. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's how I think that happens. But seriously, so I had to open my Bible, which I usually do every single time, but sometimes I don't get to the page quickly. But 
this one is um it's a uh, Romans 8:15 which is for you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out abba father and that okay i was like man to unpack this <laughs> mm-hmm. but then, not, i'm not a preacher or anything i'm just simply it's just as we're talking about all this this scripture resonates immensely for the reason being is that when we okay when we were not believers of Jesus Christ regardless if we accept it or if we want to own up to it or if we want to fess up to it um there's a fear of dying there's a fear of dying a huge fear of dying and because of this fear of dying we're capable of doing so many different things you know we can i i don't even want to kind of throw suggestions out there or anything but let's just say we're capable of doing a lot of things we shouldn't be doing because of that fear because of the fear of death um and not to say that christians still don't battle with that fear of death but technically because we believe in Jesus Christ and what he did on that cross for our sins and the fact that we believe in that we have eternal glory in other words when we die absent from the bodies to be present with the lord that means we're immediately up there with him mm. and that means that we should not fear we should not fear death yes death and like you may be thinking well, it's just the pain of dying i guess is what i'm fearing or it's just just not knowing how it's going to happen i guess that could also be the type of fear um but what should basically put us to peace about death is that we have a home this here right here earth is not our home we have a home that's called heaven and that's where we're going to go when we die so yes maybe the death may be painful maybe it be it may be swift who knows god only knows but the fact that we can rejoice and that we know that we have somewhere where we're going that's apparently beautiful <laughs> and there's no more tears no more sorrow <laughs> yay can't wait for that <laughs> you know mm-hmm. we have a place that we're going to when we die is why we should not fear death so with the scripture it basically says we are no longer slaves to that fear of death or not so a lot of what people that don't believe in Jesus have is a deep rooted fear of death and that causes a lot of things to come up a lot of it's not it just doesn't deal with illness it deals with a lot of things in life it deals with a lot of the unknown it's it's the it's the inability to comprehend the what ifs that come up it's just it's it's impossible to comprehend it unless you have a destination ultimately and so such as what if this happens what if that happens what if so and so goes into this what if so and so does that and things like that there's no true response to it if you don't have a destination such as what if i die what if i get hit by a car 
what if I end up not being able to do something? What if I end up not being able to live a certain way? All of that, if you know your destination, ultimately when you die, you're going to heaven, that all can simply be as just a passing time. You're able to endure. You're able to suffer through that. And again, it's never to minimize the battles and the pain and the suffering and everything that we go to go through down here. But if you have a destination where you're going to have this amazing resurrected body and you're going to not cry anymore, not feel pain anymore, <laughs> we have to hold on to that. And that should be enough to pacify the fear or would that be the right word? In other words, to not necessarily, ab hopefully abolish it completely, get rid of it completely, but to not allow that fear to grab a hold of us. And as a matter of fact, I, I'm just thinking about first John four eighteen. that says there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. So again, this kind of correlates back with Romans 8.15. When you know you are saved and you have a destination, that's because that perfect love of God has covered you. That perfect love of his substitute, what is it? Sub Am I messing it up right now? <laughs> <laughs> Substitutionary atonement. In other words, he sacrificed his life. He was crucified for us to be the redemption so that we can have eternal life. And that's his perfect love of laying down his life. So we cannot or we should not fear that torment of if you don't have that, there is another destination for you. And it's hard for people to to even grapple with it or even think of it or if it's no it's not existent but it's a place called hell and i don't even want to get into that because when i read about it it sounds very very frightening <laughs> it's like it's like uh that place is legit and i don't see how you would want to go there mm -hmm. so yeah that that scripture basically just defines God's love pretty much absolves the fear that we can have of any kind of punishment or torment that comes from having to go to hell because we do not believe in Jesus Christ. And yeah, but that's just one aspect of fear, I guess you could say, because now we can easily just jump into this reverence that we must have for the Lord, that type of fear. Um, Sasia, you want to talk a little bit about that? <laughs> uh, I do. Um, real quick, though, as you were um, talking, you mentioned like how uh, there's a lot of people like, you know, they they have that fear of death. And so then it kind of leads their life, you know, like, oh, what if this happens or what if that happens? And for whatever reason, it came to my mind like it seems like a lot of people 
may try to live their best life now too because mm-hmm. they fear death and they feel like I don't know what's gonna happen I just gotta try to do and like just really live it up and whatever who cares about anything else except for you know fulfilling my the like pleasure and everything like that and um because there's that fear like one day you're everything's going to disappear and um probably won't want to hear this but yeah one day everything will uh disappear all these things are temporary but knowing christ again there's that hope and um, before i get into the reverence of god i want to also talk about how there may be for some and honestly I think there's even some of it for me and it's like heartbreaking, but oh, Lord, may Lord be doing a work. I believe he is, but um, there might be a fear of sharing the gospel mm. because there is a fear of persecution mm. or offending somebody or maybe you feel like you don't, maybe you're like Moses and you're like, what can I say? I don't know what to say. I'm not a good speaker, but again, <laughs> No focus on yourself, but a focus on him. Acknowledge him. Surrender it to him. Um, and so um, what I want to mention for that is Second uh, Timothy 1, 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And um, so we should be bold in proclaiming the gospel. We should not allow fear to keep us from doing so. And um, yeah. Please, and like, can I just interject for just one second? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there's also a fear of proclaiming the true gospel. Ooh. Like, I mean, can we just be real and raw here about that? Like, yeah. Oh, that there's false teachers, there's false prophets, there's deception that's out there. And out of the fear of speaking of repentance, and the speaking of this place called hell that I just mentioned a little bit ago. Um, yeah, we like to create these gospels mm-hmm. that accommodate or make people feel good. Mm. And let's leave out all the bad stuff. Let's just, you know, let's focus on the good stuff, which there's a lot of rawness to the gospel and there's a lot of, Mm-hmm. A lot of real sacrifice in the gospel. And how can you leave that stuff out? Mm-hmm. But there's fear, not only, as you mentioned, persecution, but a fear of just not being liked. The fear of not having your church built up. Mm-hmm. Fear of uh, people not coming to your church or people not wanting to be there because you're, you're making them not feel good. There's losing friends happening. I'm sorry? Losing friends. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. There's a there's always a fear of I think it's cuz a lot a lot of us can get in this place where we we esteem acknowledgement, approval, acceptance, popularity, fortune, all those things. So there's a fear of losing all that, including in the churches, that ultimately results us in distorting that one true gospel. Okay, sorry, go back. 
um no that was all that was good <laughs> um and hey this is a conversational thing you know like anyways but um one thing that really tugs at my heart too is when there's that fear of proclaiming the true gospel for whatever reason um and especially the one of losing people or offending people or for me it was if i speak this among my family are there's is there not going to be peace anymore and so then valuing peace above it, above God, above Jesus, above truth, and um, having to come to a realization that the way that my actions and thoughts go, I have been valuing and putting things above my love for God because I've cared more about peace. I cared more about how they might receive it or whatever. And, and, you know, having to come to grips with that and then praising God that I know he's bringing it up because he's working on it because there have been changes and um, having to learn to take steps forward and trust him and just continuously surrender it to him. But it's just a matter of who do you love more? What do you value more? Where is your treasure? And, um, yeah, and is fear going to be greater than that? It's like, take it captive to God. You can't do it in your own strength, which is like sour for me to say someone who wants to be in control and be able to do things in my own strength. But no, we need him. We need him. We need to take it captive to him. And yeah, and he's doing that work. And so, yeah, and I don't know if there was anything more I was going to say on that, but I suppose if so, it'll come up later, but now about the reverence of God was, mm-hmm. well, yeah. Was there anything more you wanted to say before? No, not. Go okay. ahead and talk about the reverence of God. Okay. That no was so like eager, like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Um, I, for one, have actually also been praying that I would learn to revere God as I should and um like learn what that looks like what he would desire of that because we do have this blessing of having a personal relationship with him where we can be very honest and transparent um and man might I add that his love really does like conquer every time like no matter how much I'm frustrated in a trial or learning something about me or whatever any fear doubt comes up and it just comes right back he loves you anyway he loves you he loves you despite that and he's not leaving you the same he's working on you we don't want to abuse that free gift either sorry there's like so many different so (laughs) (laughs) um Anyways, but I do want to have that deep respect of who he is, the fullness of who he is. He is loving, but he is just, and he is powerful, and he is sovereign, and just who he is and what he's done that we can know him and have that relationship with him. It's like a gratitude and a respect that 
like you want to do what pleases him you want to be obedient to him because you respect and understand that his ways are higher and better and greater and um yeah and so i feel like you know sometimes like i'll say a prayer and it's so half-hearted and i'm like wait hold up let me remember who i'm talking to Mm, (laughs) and the and then also let me remember the reason why i'm able to come before him ah He's just so good. Like, he's done it all. And we dare say we want control. I'm like, I'm saying this to myself, too, by the way. Like, I, (laughs) oh, my gosh. But I don't know, just to think and meditate on the fullness of who he truly is and the respect and that he can't be mocked. Like, there will be justice. And, And that's why it's so, like, you want to proclaim that gospel because you know that judgment is fierce, but it's just. And yet he is so just and he made a just way to justly forgive us. Like his perfect justice and his perfect love came together and the fullness of Christ. And it's just perfection. <laughs> anyway, I realize that I'm not only focusing on the reverence aspect, but it's kind of hard not to because he's like so many amazing things. Um, so maybe, uh, why don't you go ahead and, and speak on it some more? And if there's anything <laughs> more to add, I'll, I'll jump in, but. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. I'm thinking about Proverbs, you know, Proverbs, so full of wisdom. Can <laughs> <laughs> I read Proverbs? I'm like, Ugh, uh, it's like, oh my goodness. Like literally it just, it hits you hard. It does, but it's good. It's like those good convictions, you know, like that hard love that, we could all use sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I think about Proverbs 1, 7, which says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And it simply coincides with another one that comes to mind, which is Proverbs 9, 10, which is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And so when I think of that reverential awe, that we have, that we should have for Jesus. Just knowing what he's done and really believing in it. It just, there's no other God out there that would do something like that. And that we played no role in that whatsoever. That he would die for us. While we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Like, I am a sinner that is so in need of redemption, of healing, to reconcile me back to the Father in heaven. And he was able to do that for me. And just like when you go into these modes of like, oh gosh, Lord, you're so good. Like, you're just so good. You're so good. I can get into those moments and I can start to sob because of it. And I'm not to say, and I'm not saying that there's not times where I'm just like, why God, why are you doing this? <laughs> or, you know, or I, I get into a place of just like, I know you're good, but this hurts. You know, like you just can get into places like that. But when you really sit there, 
and you think on and you meditate on his word and just how amazing, how almighty, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and end, the one that has dominion over all things, including darkness, the one that's a creator of all things, that's sovereign, in control, that nothing, nothing passes him, that his thwarts will never, that his plans will never be thwarted, that he sees all, he hears all, he knows all, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he is the only one that has died willingly on a cross crucified, who was buried and was risen three days and is now seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Come on. It's like, <laughs> it's just like, come on. When you start to just like, just recant that in your head and you start to speak it out loud. And if you could hear me or if you could see me, I have like this big old cheesy smile on my face because even though I've been put through some really muddy waters and some dark seasons, I'm still like, Jesus, Jesus, you did all that for me, for me, like really. Mm -hmm. And so for that reason, I have been bought with a price. I have. My life is not my own. My life is not my own. It's it's to be surrendered to him. It's to be given to him. And so to have that fear, such as reverence and awe and admiration and adoration for who he is, for his character. And I believe that that's where we kind of miss out is that we don't know his character well. Or we tend to compare him to humanistic things. You know, such as our earthly fathers. I'm really sorry for those that have not had the greatest parental figures in their lives. And that could easily just distort Christ for you. Um, and also just, you know, you felt deceived. Or because there's been times of suffering, you felt betrayed. Or there's things that have come up that have made you just think like, God, you're not there for me. You know, you don't understand me. You don't care, you know, just those types of things. I am truly and deeply sorry, but I believe that that's where we need to learn more, the character of who he is. So to know that and to know that through faith, by faith, it takes faith and he gives it to us so willingly, but unfortunately he also has given us free will, which is we can choose to not believe in it. We can choose to decline it. We can choose to refuse it. But still, just to be able to think of that, all of our thoughts, all of our desires, all of our hopes, our dreams, our ways of being should want to align with God or at least remove everything from me, Lord, and implant every bit of desires that you have for my life. And we would want to live for him. Like that reverential awe, that fear, that Oh my goodness, I can't, when I even envision just the thought of like, I can't even look at him because he's so bright. Like he's just so amazing. Like just to think that and then I'll fall to my knees and be like, and Jesus is Lord. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like when you think about that, it's, yes, it's, 
I don't think I got words anymore. <laughs> it, it's like that song I can only imagine. Like, am I going to dance or am I going to, like, fall at your feet kind of thing? Like, Right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, so, and, and again, it's just fear. <laughs> fear is something that really is, I think it's really just hurting a lot of us, a lot mm-hmm. of nowadays and um so kind of jumping out of the the reverential fear and just kind of touching on this topic of that fear that paralyzes that fear that causes to do things that we shouldn't do and keeps us from doing from those things that we should do i i want people that that will hear this whether you're a Christian or you are not understand that it's not God that puts you in these places of fear it's not but does he allow it I believe he does he has a way of drawing us to our knees. And before we start to think like, why does God do that? How could he allow that to happen? Why would he allow us to have this fear? We are born in a sinful nature. You know, we can go into the whole thing with Adam and Eve, but I do wholeheartedly pray that as Christians, we know that story in Genesis, that we know how the Lord created um, the earth and how he brought Adam and Eve. I really, truly pray that we know that. And for those that don't, I highly recommend you to go read Genesis in the Holy Bible. (laughs) Um, but I do strongly believe that God allows certain things for the sake of us knowing our sin and how real our sin is and how desperately we need him. Because without him, we will not have true, permanent healing. There is a lot of stuff that we hold in our hearts that mimics fear, that can bring up a lot of emotions and thoughts and and actions from fear. Again, I believe anger is one of the main ones that pretty much try to cover up that fear. But there's just a lot of things that we do that we should not do because of fearing. And truly, I truly, truly pray that if you have not given Jesus that opportunity to make himself known to you by believing in him, that you do. Oh, I've tried him. I've heard this before. Oh, he doesn't work for me. I have a few questions that I'd like to ask. Play the jingle. (laughs) Question time with Amanda. You might cry, but hopefully good tears. All right, so that was pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) The new jingles, yay. Yeah, bless Mustache's heart, because we just wanted to have some funny jingles that you know I know 
some of my questions can be like, ah, oh my gosh, that was intense, you know, but we just want them. So at least there's a little laughter, you know, before we get hit with something hard. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, right. Mm -hmm. um, so my questions to you all out there. And again, let me just put this out there. Go to God with these questions and let him help you answer them because only he can, because he knows your heart way better than you do. Number one, have you noticed fear increasing in your life? Number two, has fear been something that you have been dealing with all of your life? Number three, are there deep rooted wounds such as past pain, instances with family, or anything of the sort, or roots of bitterness, pride, religiosity? Is there anything like that that you can attest to knowing that is within your heart? Number four. Oh my gosh, I'm going into four. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I know it's like, it's, it's like, it's building. Mm -hmm. Number four. Have you done things that you shouldn't have done out of fear? Number five. Are there things that you believe you should be doing, but fear is keeping you from doing them? Number six. Has fear ever helped in any way possible to do good in your life? And number seven, do you believe that God can deliver you from those fears? Okay. <laughs> those are good. Okay. Okay. Woo. Oh my gosh. Even me just speaking them out. I'm just like, God, there's stuff there. You're still working on me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I'm like so, still that. Yeah. Is there anything that you're not doing that you should do, but you won't because of fear? You said it way better, but I'm over here just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. It's whoa. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Okay. So we are definitely running out of time. <laughs> like, yeah. I do. Yeah. I, I do have a piece of scripture I want to share because it came up and I thought it was nice. Um, so it's basically um, Matthew 14 when Jesus is walking on the water towards the disciples who are in the boat. And the disciples see him and they're afraid because they think he's a spirit. And he tells them uh, in the King James Version, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And... Um, and so then Peter says, if it is you, then have me come to you on the water. So Jesus beckons him. And then it says, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? I know it's like an interesting way but uh that king james version puts it but um that 
whole thing of Peter being afraid, but not trying to swim or do anything in his own strength. Instead, he cried out, Lord, save me. And it says immediately, Jesus reached out and caught hold of him. And that just really encourages me and gets me every time I read it, that immediately part. And then also the convicting part of why do you have so little faith? Why did you doubt? And I'm just like, ah, I don't know. But um, I, I, I do believe that just it reinforces call out to him when you're afraid. Don't try to do it in your own strength, and your own wisdom. And um, he will be there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No doubt. No doubt. Oh, and for anybody who's curious, it's Matthew 14, 29 to 31. Oh. Of course, I didn't quite read 29, but anyways, they can check if they if they want to. So. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing that scripture. I actually really like that story, too. Yeah. Um, so, okay, we do have to cut this now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, but we really, really, really just appreciate, like, the patience and the support and the prayers that we have received. So let me close out in prayer, and yeah. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can do this for your glory, that we can um, speak about and attest to just how wonderful and how majestic and how almighty and how sovereign and gentle and gracious and kind. And I can keep going on and on about who you are because you're all of it, Lord. Your character, it's perfect. And Father, for there being so many different ways that many of us can endure fear or deal with fear or grapple with fear, but Lord, may we always seek to have that reverential fear, that awe of who you are. Because Lord, it says, perfect love casts out fear. That is the love that you had for us, Lord. The love that you had to die on the cross for us. May we seek, Lord, to just acknowledge you, to know you more. That fear may not grab a hold of us and drag us down, but that we persevere, that we rejoice in our sufferings, that we combat it with your word that is alive and active. Lord, we know that we have an enemy, but we know that you have told us to resist him. You know, we know that you have told us to put on that full armor of God, especially that shield of faith and the sword that is the word of God. Lord, we know that we have these things. We have ways to defeat him. And Lord, you have overcome him already. We're more than conquerors through you, Lord. You are Abba Father, in which we are no longer slaves to fear. Father, I truly pray for those that are listening, for those that desire to no longer fear. Lord, I pray that you meet them where they're at and that they see you and that they know you and that they cling to you and that fear is no longer what drives their lives and they are no longer held captive to it. They're no longer slaves. Father, I pray that you be known and you be known mightily, that you are magnified. 
I thank you, Father, for all that you're going to do because you are amazing. We love you, Lord. We commit all of this to you because, God, nothing of this would even happen without you. You are the healer, the redeemer. You are the one that delivers us from all of our fears. It's in Jesus' most mighty name that I pray these things. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. See you next time. Well, actually, not see you next time, but hear you next time, or you'll hear us next time. <laughs> Technicalities. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, subscribe anywhere you can, add a comment, like it, and yeah, thanks so much for your support and your prayers. Bye. Bye.